the Chompcast, the official podcast of Sword Chomp. And remember, you can always go to swordchomp.com where you can access the many places our podcast is available for download. But if you're listening to the show right now, that means you found us. So welcome to the madness that is the Chompcast. You can also find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash swordchomp. If you want to support us, look for the VIP tier. More on that later. Our wrists are just sore from shooting sticky white stuff all week long. And no, that's not because we just found Jessica Negri's Instagram page. We've been playing Spider-Man on the PS4. At least me and Josh have. And we are excited to talk about it because that game has truly entangled the gaming world in its web. Now, Spider-Man actually, <laughs> Spider-Man, Spider-Man actually inspired two sets of polls this week. Um, after our listeners expressed their love of Spider-Man villains, we ran the Spider-Man villains poll all week long on the at Swordchomp Instagram, and uh, we have a victor. Also, we discussed the poll results of, uh, that we run every Tuesday on the Swordchomp Instagram page for Streets of Rage 4, so we can talk about that. Uh, Kingdoms of Amalur, um was basically bought by THQ, which is pretty exciting. And we have a very heartfelt topic of the show um, that's, you know, sure to either make you laugh, cry, or maybe neither of those, I suppose. (laughs) Uh, Like a web that wraps around your heart. We discuss video games that remind us of those sad moments or rough times in our life. You know, perhaps Peter Parker was playing something when old Uncle Ben passed away. Who knows? But I can tell you what I do know. That one of the most jam-packed Chompcast shows of the year... Starts now. All right, let's get to some intros. Up first, from Texas, the Filipino Johnny Depp. Much like Peter Parker and Spider-Man on a typical Friday night, you can find him dangling upside down, wearing a mask, and unloading his sticky white gunk all over the city. Anthony Fisher joins us. How you doing, Fish? So you just wrote the one joke, huh? That's, that's the only joke. <laughs> Damn it, Josh. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, love painting the city in my semen. It was I too. My... <laughs> Paint the city in your semen, huh? Yep. What's that saying? Paint the city red. Is, is that is that a saying? I don't. Or I don't. No? Know. Yeah, I, I think that's a saying. I've heard something yeah. like that. Is it like a jet set radio where you're rollerblading around, just spraying the town, or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, I love rollerblading. I mean, Mar- it goes <laughs> hand do? in hand. You do, hand and, hand and dick fun. Yeah. Um, hand and dick fun. Spraying the city, marking your territory. Yeah, Josh, I'm sorry. It's, you know, it was too easy. That's why. What's my one? Actually, that's it. That's the only <laughs> white sticky gum joke. I imagine while Fish is running around town blowing and stuff, that uh, Dancing Queen is playing. So it's like a montage uh-huh. of Dancing Queen Dancing and him just Queen. shooting all over buildings. You know, it's funny uh, you mentioned that, Shay, because my fiancé forced me to watch Mamma Mia, and uh, I'll never get those two hours back <laughs> ever again. Uh, ABBA. I didn't know ABBA was a thing. Apparently ABBA is a, a thing. You didn't know ABBA was a you thing? You didn't know ABBA was a thing. Huh. Yeah. No, like, I didn't know ABBA was a thing, like a relevant cultural thing. Like a, re- a band that was so relevant, they made two fucking musicals after this band, so... Well, they made one, huh. and then a second one sort of happened because of, you know, late-stage capitalism here recently. And Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how that happened. happened. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It, was, it wasn't terrible. I saw it from her birthday. Um, 
But now I know way too much about ABBA. But yeah, Fish, uh, happy to be here. That's my last white gunk joke. Although technically, hanging, you know, a mask, there's also a joke there about, you know, eyes wide shut, hanging upside down. It's kind of a weird sex ring thing going on. There's, there's a lot of jokes buried in there. Subtext. Now I've just ruined them all. So thanks for being here, even though you didn't play Spider-Man. Yeah. And, and you made us two hours late, motherfucker. How dare you? Glad, glad <laughs> to be here. Oh, of course, um, from Japan, the one and only Professor Layton is joining us, and he's a man who's in the middle of a really serious copyright lawsuit right now, um, because he's actually been known in various, it's a copyright lawsuit with Marvel, okay, because in various dating circles right now throughout the world, he is actually known as the Shocker. Two in the stink, one in the blink. Isn't that right, Shay? Two in the right stink in the and eyeball. one in the blink. <laughs> <laughs> you got it! I didn't think you were going to get the blinking, but you got it. All right. Jesus Christ. Jeez. Um, yeah, I am in a copyright lawsuit. It's uh, been rough. Um, I currently had to fire my former lawyer for uh, actually he was refusing to stop shooting me in the scrotum with his white gunk. So, yeah, I had to let fish go. I'm actually looking for a new lawyer. Uh, if anyone has any leads, please let me know. Need a lawyer. Stat. Uh, stat. Well, we are glad you're here. Um, I know your head's going to be in other places because you're going through this lawsuit, and I just hope that maybe you can clear your mind for a couple hours and just, you know, shoot the shit with us. So, I should be able to. I just I, – I can't actually say the, the phrase that you said at the beginning um, of my introduction for I will be fined yet again. But Oh, the shocker? Yeah, I'm you, exci- you can't I'm, actually call yourself the shocker. Gotcha. Well, not only that, but the catchphrase, so – but, yeah, I, I'm glad I could clear oh. two hours of my schedule <laughs> from getting sued to be here with you guys. If one of our chompers wants to maybe make that into a T-shirt, uh, two in the stink, one in the blink, you know, we're not going to shut that down. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're, <laughs> we're glad you're here, Shay, um, as usual, the professor. That's what we call him. Um, lastly, and surely not least, uh, Josh, now that you've pointed out that I'm reusing my gunk joke. Um, you know, this is actually a true story. Did you know that Josh, this is weird, I thought for the longest time that Josh was like a closet Spider-Man nerd because his screen name and everything was something Weber, right? Mm-hmm. Was it pri- I, I won't give it away for privacy's sake, but it's something Weber, okay? So I was like, well, Josh is just like this closet Spider-Man nerd. He just never talked about it. Um, but that's not the case, though, right? No, no, not the case. I'm actually involved in a legal battle with another company, the makers of the Weber Grill, for <laughs> other other actions. The Weber Grill. Yeah. There's so many Webers. You know, mm-hmm. I thought, you know, I thought initially when you when you had that name, it was Weber. Weber. Because uh, you obsess over anime and uh, oh, I, I've, yeah. I've been I thought you'd been well known to wear a cat tail and uh, some dog ears to be a little subversive mm-hmm. from time to time yeah no that's actually part of the issue that the grill company you know took umbrage mm. with uh, okay. uh, something happened feel- with that grill 
What I feel like you probably put a a cattail on that grill. Someone accidentally lit that cattail on fire, burned a house down, became a big issue. I but yeah, I can't comment on yeah. an ongoing case. I understand. Mm-hmm. I understand. That's fair. We'll leave it at that. There's a lot of there's a lot of legalities going on in this podcast today. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of legal bullshit, and we just don't want to get tangled up in it. You know, it's a so it's, it's a web of frustration. Yeah. Once we get this figured out, though, we should uh, definitely figure out how we can, you know, combine the Weber and the Shocker for for something <laughs> glorious. Well, I'm a, I'm a lawyer, so I can help you guys out with that. Hmm. Uh, I just got fired from my last job. That I was on. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, yeah, so Shay knows a guy, Josh. Uh, it's weird. Um, you might know him, too. So uh, what's... Yeah, I know a guy. I know a guy. I'm not, I'm not going to say you want to know him, but I do know him. <laughs> there wasn't a lot of uh, legalese going on. Let's just put it that way. Um, you guys missed it. Fish casually flexed in the in the camera there for a second yeah. a few moments ago. Did As you see all that? lawyers do. Just, yeah, you know. Well, you missed it. He's mm-hmm. been showing that, that flex muscle. Um, the goddamn pen is blue. <laughs> uh, I... I am excited to talk to you guys today about a lot of things, mostly Spider-Man, but it's an exci- a topic of the show where our listeners were oddly open with us. Uh, I, of course, am Morgan Barnes from Montana. Um, I'm trying to keep this thing together or help it fall apart best that I can. Um, I was going to tell you this. I, I realized it was fall this week in our, in our gaming sphere because I was playing Spider-Man all last week. Uh, I had just finished the uh, Mega Man 11 free demo when I... <laughs> Miche was having me play No Man's Sky with him, which is kind of technically older. And then I went and picked up Tomb Raider from the store, and I ha- I'm playing Tomb Raider right now because I'm done with Spider-Man, and I just realized that, like, I'm actually starting to feel stressed about all the games that I have to play, and I'm like, yep, mm-hmm. it's fall. Yep. So, um, but if I can get to- through Tomb Raider, Josh, and I can just coast with maybe, like, Destiny or something casual until Red Dead Redemption... I don't feel good about that. So, yeah. we'll uh, we'll see what happens. Weird, weirdly enough, me and Fish are not completely enraptured with Destiny right now. It's it's strange. This is the first year that me and Fish are not balls deep in Destiny, and mm-hmm. um, it's yeah. kind of sad. Hmm. So, a lot of, a lot of personal reasons on my part, but yeah. Speaking of sad gaming memories, I accidentally pulled that full circle. I did, hey, you didn't do any research for the show, Fish. I just gave you an answer. But I'm dumb. That yes sounded oddly uh, downtrodden. Uh, but no, we have a fun show today. If you're a Spider-Man fan, you're going to want to hear us um, because we have some strong interesting opinions on that game we have a topic of the show that's just super fascinating with our community chiming in among other things uh it's gonna be a great show so let's get right into it the topic of the show basically was inspired loosely by this poll that i ran. well so shay sent us the streets of four um streets of four yeah that's the right name morgan the streets of rage four trailer a little while back and i was looking into it and it got me thinking about I wasn't, you know, blowing it off. I was just sometimes I'll get ideas and I scatter them for polls throughout the week. And uh, so I was thinking about it, and I had this sort of like comedically tra- traumatic story happen to me when I was younger. Um, now the poll, I can just interject it here. 
um, segue as naturally as I possibly can, was basically, holy shit, there's a Streets of Rage 4 trailer. Are you excited about it? Kind of like, yes. And it came back, yes. Almost 60% yes. People seem to be excited about it. Because I was curious. There's a lot of games where you think about from your childhood, but you're like, do we really want to bring that back? Is that something we actually want? So, um... I guess I'll get you guys' thoughts on that in a second here, but my comedically tragic story is basically when I was younger, I went to a school dance, and I was dressed up as Jim Carrey from The Mask. Do you remember that movie? Um, <laughs> I, my, my parents weren't really... Go ahead, huh. let's see you guys want to say something here. Oh, I was going to answer, but then you didn't give me. You asked, do you remember this movie? Yeah, so anyways. No, I do remember that movie. It's a good movie. Um, I yeah, like the movie. Well, yeah, when we were kids, I haven't seen it in, like, 15 years. I couldn't tell you if it's good or bad, but it was fun. When I was a kid, I fucking loved it, right? Cameron Diaz, you know, made me feel things I hadn't felt in my pants before. Jim Carrey, obviously fantastic um, as a kid. And so what my parents did was they made this fancy suit for me, just like in the movie, and they painted – they just painted my face green. They didn't actually get me because, you know, obviously in the the movie he has the wooden mask that he puts on and it, like, turns real, right? But there was really no way to do that at the time and there wasn't one. So they just painted my face green. And I looked really ridiculous, right? But – Everyone thought I was really, I even had the hat, too. You know, from the ballroom scene or whatever, that crazy, like, yellow hat he has? Uh, and I worked on all my lines, like, smoking. I had it, I had it all <laughs> had it all fucking down. I was a real fucking sad situation. No part right of this there. surprises me. Yeah, I, I'm um, going to have to ask you, did you ask someone to the prom like this? Well, it, let's put it this way, Shay. This will explain the next part of the story, probably. Um, so we, it was at like a youth center on base and I'm going to paraphrase this as much as I can but basically it was like a youth center where kids go and play video games and there was like a dance it was a Friday night dance that everyone would go to and I went dressed as the mask you know and actually everyone thought it was a really cool costume for the most part but there was this girl that I liked but I was really young and I was too afraid to tell her I liked her back she sent me one of those notes in class that was like do you like me yes or no and I kept saying no even though in my heart I was like I wanted to say yes but I was afraid because my parents would make fun of me and I was like a kid you know were you guys ever like that? Were you kind of like afraid to admit to your parents that you like someone or something you know what I'm talking about? Hell no. <laughs> well. Hell I, no. <laughs> Shay. I was, I was just never <laughs> – your dad was probably different. He was probably like, go get it, Shay. Go get that girl, you know. No, no. Because your my, dad's cool. We've always had a weird thing when we talk about that type of shit when I was younger. Um, now that I'm a little older – we still have, like, a, a semi-weird relationship about that. Like, as long as we're I- incredibly vague with each other, it's mm-hmm. okay. But, like... <laughs> it's like, I want to know the story, but I don't want the details. Kind of a thing. That's, yeah. It's not, nothing big. It's nothing big. But okay. I, yeah. I, no, you just gotta, you gotta say. You gotta say what you're feeling, man. <laughs> God damn it. You're right. You're right. And yes, Josh, I did show up with a green face. But the so anyways, I was afraid to tell this girl I liked her. I was like doing all the things I did. I was eating my pizza, playing games like Streets of Rage. That was the main game they had there at this dance. And I was too afraid to talk to this girl, but I was getting there, right? I was trying to channel my, my bravery. And I was, you know, I locked myself into this arcade game all night because I was too afraid to deal with her because I was being a little bitch. And finally, I had the balls after pretending to play this game with no quarters for like three hours and I walked into the <laughs> I, I walked into the dance floor and she came up to me and she was like um, so do you know Ryan's phone number? And I was like what? 
She's like, yeah. Uh, I don't. I, I like Ryan now, and I was like, no. Uh, Just like Jim Carrey in the mask. Um, <laughs> That that and I remember like just pretending not to be hurt and then running back to the game and like just staring at the Streets of Rage screen and like but I wasn't yeah. processing anything. It was just like well, sadness. Yeah. Yeah, and it must have been really hard too, since after that introduction, you didn't have a roll of quarters in your pocket. Yeah. <laughs> I, do, I, I I didn't. I didn't. Um, <laughs> It was it was just traumatic because I was it was I always think of that game even when I went back and played it again on Genesis all those years later and I hear the music and everything I always like just go back to being this scared little kid who is just a bitch he waited too long and he fucked it up and that girl I really liked her I used to, I saw her I lived nearby her like she lives like a block away and it was like a, a scarring thing so it just kind of made me laugh when I when I saw that because no matter I will always associate that with that fucking game. And and I was going to tell you guys the story about my divorce with Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, but I thought this would be more fun. That story is just sad. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's enough kind of sad stories later on. But, uh, yeah, so that's it. And uh, I'm not really excited for Streets of Rage 4 for that very reason. That game can fucking burn <laughs> in hell. <laughs> uh, hmm. That's um, such a convoluted story to get to the reason why you're not excited for a game 25 <laughs> years later. Well, it's it's not so much about not being excited for the game because, you know, it's a technically a different thing. Just more like that series always reminds me of uh, that moment. And it's a, a weird random story I'm sur- that I remember. I'm really surprised like. that you can still listen to Linkin Park then. <laughs> why? Uh, because I feel like that would have been during the heyday of you failing miserably with women too. Well, you know, you're not wrong, Shay. A lot of that new metal, including a lot of L- well, I can't really listen to a lot of LP now because Chester's dead and it bums me out. Um, hmm. But I'm not saying I never do because you have to do it in honor. But I'm just saying you're right, you're Shay. You're more right than you think you are. A lot of that old music takes me to a, a, a place that I don't enjoy going back to. So I feel you. I feel you. <sighs> it's a bum. Um, I, I'm I'm excited for it though. I will tell you that I'm excited for this game because. Uh, I've consistently gone back to play the first one all a lot throughout the years. Um, I played a little bit of the second and third one. I've always liked the first one best. I know a lot of people like the second one more. Um, and it's just it's cool to see. Hopefully, it's not like they completely change the genre. Uh, hopefully, they keep it semi similar um, to the to the previous uh, games. They don't do like a completely new type of thing but they also infuse it with some fresh current um whether it's mechanics or something in the game to make it feel a little bit more current while also still basically catering to that older audience which is something we actually kind of talked about a few weeks ago um or actually no it was last week it was last week excuse me where it's like you you want to change it a little bit or maybe a lot but you still don't alienate those old fans. So I I think it would be cool to kind of see a resurgence of this genre of games. I know it's fairly niche, but um we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm I'm still excited. I'm not trying to get overly excited for it because it it is it's been a long time since these games have been made, the first three, so <laughs> yeah. we'll see what happens. It we'll is just a beat 'em up, technically. So, yeah. It is just a beat 'em up, but I'm excited for the potential more than anything. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I, I was my jokingly saying fuck that game. I'm curious about it, but yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's an interesting thing to bring back. Um, um, who who wants to share next? Who sh- Josh said he's still stalling because he doesn't want to use World of Warcraft for another story. Yeah. Every story, all well, stories. I mean, like, yeah, <laughs> like I've talked about this one. Like we brought up this topic, and like obviously, you know, wow, while I was you know going through getting fired and all that other stuff. Obviously, the big hitter. So I've been trying to think of something else, but I just keep coming back to that. So. You know, Josh, it's like in a murder movie where they they have a map, right? And all the murder spots create a circle, and the detectives know that inside that circle is where the murderer must live or something, right? Mm -hmm. So like, all your circles point back to World of Warcraft, which... uh, it's tricky, so you have to kind of get real creative there. But that's another reason why I try to get creative with my creepy, you know, story from like fourth grade. Because <laughs> yeah, I remember it so well. Um, but if you want, while you stall, what about you, fish? Well, when you think about, let's let's put fish on the spot here. Let's open up some dark wounds. Um, Ooh, the first one that I could think of right off the bat of my head is it involves Ian Morgan. Me? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was back when uh, we lived in an apartment together, and we had a friend over. I forgot his name. I think it was Chris, but uh, we were playing Soul Calibur Three, and I was <laughs> terrible at that game. I fucking, I hate so fighting funny. games. And, like, they both were like, oh, come on, play play Soul Calibur Three with us. I was like, no, nah, I'm good. I don't really want to play, because this was feeding into, like, an uh, earlier uh, childhood memory of getting my ass kicked in Street Fighter 2 on the Super NES. So I was just like, no, I'm in this, I'm in like the same situation where I was at back then as, you know, a young adult. So I was like, oh, fuck, I'm going to get my ass whooped in this game. And then they're just going to beat me mercilessly in this game. And um, <laughs> sure enough, both him, both Morgan and his friend. Beated the shit out of me in Soul Calibur Three. Well, I was can like, I, God yeah. damn can I pause it. you for a second? Is this? Let me interrupt uh, you because I want to go ahead, Josh. Go ahead, Josh. Well, no, like I, I have different different main character, but I have basically the exact same story with Morgan. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I, anyways, let me finish. Yeah. Anyways, it, that's, that's, that's not even the <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Anyways. Like they're they're beating my ass all the time, and I'm just like, God, I fucking hate this game. And then Morgan comes up with this, the most. <laughs> oh, I hate him for this, but he was like, you know what, fish? I could beat your ass without even looking at the screen. And I was like, okay, I got a shot here. He's not even gonna look at the screen. Fuck yes, I'm gonna whoop his ass. And uh, that confidence sure waned out quickly because. Morgan was all of a sudden beating my ass with his back turned to the TV. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, please, this is not happening. And he won. He won the match. And I was like, all right, I'm fucking done with this game. And I I don't know what it is about fighting games, but like you want to like prove yourself. And like I could not prove myself that night one bit. And I just felt so terrible. At my you know, gaming proudness and the <laughs> fact that my friend 
would what? fucking humiliate think... me like that. First of all, I, I so love this hurt. story. This story makes me look really good, but I don't think this is... I'm going to let this story slide, but I don't think that's really what the topic's about. It's supposed to be like a game that reminds you of a sad point in your life, not when you, a game made you sad because you sucked at it. But, but I'll, I mean, I'll take the story, I, I, but... I combined it to you. All right. Uh, once again, the show killer, mm-hmm. Anthony Fisher here. Just, You're welcome. You're welcome. It's a good story, though. It's, to be fair, that is an interesting story. Um, probably for another podcast. You know, a different topic. I'm, I'm proud of Fish. He said it with his chest. That's all we needed of him. Yeah. Why can't you ever be happy? <laughs> it's a it's a low bar, right? Once I beat you in a fighting game, when I wasn't, I wasn't. I think I was rolling a blunt in the other hand. Um, what about you, Shay? What is your? Um... Ooh, ooh, ooh! <laughs> so yeah, cool, man! Cool. How many ladies did you get? <laughs> uh, zero. <laughs> but, but you have that cool talent of rolling a blunt. No, actually, I wasn't good at rolling the blunts. People just made me do it because they were trying to... It's a long story, but I was terrible at rolling blunts. It's harder than you think it is, Josh. Come on. Josh, you don't need to ask questions. He's he's clearly shown that he's a man of the house. He can take care of anyone he needs to. (laughs) He can provide for his family. I'm a provider. Yeah, I don't yes. do drugs anymore. All right, he's got the he's got the skills to get the women's in the sheetses, so you don't got to worry about it. I was trying to say I was doing something with one hand, and for some reason, the only thing it rolled off the fingertips was uh, the blunt. Um, huh. And I, I don't know why that was the first thing that came out of my mouth, but huh. we definitely didn't do a lot of drugs. What about you, Shay? Um, what, what what do you have for us on this topic? On Streets of Rage 4 or Rolling a Blunt? Uh, either or, or the topic of the show, a sad gaming. Oh, okay. Well, um, I think the first one I'm going to tell is actually, I have a few stories. I think one of the first ones I'll tell is actually the one I put on the Instagram. It's, um, so when I was younger, my parents were going through a divorce. And I was, I was about eight years old during that time. And it was really hard because um, my mother ended up getting primary custody. My dad kind of let that happen because he thought it was what was best for me at the time. Um, he thought I was closer to my mother. And so he decided that, you know, it's the right thing to let, let the mom, you know, take care of the child. I was the only child at the time. And so he he kind of let her, you know, do that. And during during this time like my mom and dad did not have a good divorce at all. They like um that it was it was a really nasty divorce. I I don't like the details aren't really necessary. But it it was just really nasty. Um they didn't get along. It had a really it had a long-term effect on me for a, a lot of my life after that. And it still does from time to time. I'm not, to be perfectly honest. And it, um, during that time, I was playing Final Fantasy VII, which I was actually introduced to that game from my father. I think I've told this story a long time ago. Um, my dad actually got me a PlayStation 1 
for Christmas one year when I didn't even want it. I wanted to keep the Sega Genesis. I was just good with the Sega. He got me a PlayStation, and I was like, I don't even want this. And then I played it, and I liked it. And he got <laughs> me into Final Fantasy VII. He borrowed it from one of his coworkers. And I loved, the, I loved that game. And uh, during their divorce... I, uh, you know, I kind of had to keep myself entertained because during that time, my dad had met someone and my mom had met someone. My mom was working a lot. I didn't see my dad a lot. So, like, eight, nine years old, I spent a lot of time with myself or with friends that I met in the neighborhood. And so one of the ways I occupied my time was playing Final Fantasy VII. And, uh, you know, for, for me, obviously, I got fairly close with the characters of that game. And I just felt like, you know, like they were actually, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say friends, but I'd say they were like a part of my life more or less. And it, it, it like, it came to like, it came to that full realization for me, the best I could make that realization at that age, that these characters of this game were so important to me is when it comes to obviously the. One of the most famous parts of the game is when Sephiroth kills one of the main characters, Eris or Aerith, and I just remember just like bawling my eyes out in the living room. I remember this. I remember this so vividly, like in my mom's tiny ass living room, just bawling my eyes out. And um, thankfully, no one else was around during that time. But um, I'm just sitting there crying about this fictitious character dying, and to me, it was like a part of myself was dying, like a part of myself that was kind of keeping me sane uh, during this time, this really difficult time in my life. So it was, it was really hard to see a like a main character die, not only from just a video game in general, but, but a video game that was kind of keeping it all together for me. And it, it was a really impactful thing. I, uh, I stressed about it for days. I was really sad about it for days. And then, like, it weirdly enough, weirdly enough, like, uh, it still it still bothers me a little bit to this day. You know, like, there's there's this uh, video game bar here that I've gone to before multiple times. We've talked about it on the podcast. There's been a video for the podcast, and the Wi-Fi password is Eris dies. And the first time I saw that, I was like, "What the fuck, man?" And, you know, like, <laughs> I was like, "I was like, what are you doing to me?" Like, it's a you're you're opening these new password. wounds for me, and uh, yeah, I mean, it it was just such a like, it's such a big deal. It's like one of those first really big things in gaming for me, that um, yeah, it just it it affected my mood, my my mentality or my my mental health completely, um, for good and for bad. So, yeah, that mm. would be my uh. You were playing Final Fantasy at a pretty young age, too, which is weird, because I was... I don't think I could really appreciate Final Fantasy until I was much older, so that's probably also... It's it's going for more adult themes, and as a kid, it's... On top of everything else you're going through psychologically, it's always a little more difficult to process that stuff. For sure. For sure. Like, some of those things, like, I... I Like, they completely went over my head at that age. Like, the the whole part where, um... And I can't even really remember it clearly. Like, Cloud, he's in the wheelchair, and Meteor's coming, and you have to play. Like, something's going on with Cloud. I don't even know what the fuck was going on during that time. Like, that, I remember getting to that as a kid. I'm like, what the hell is even going on? Like, I, I don't <laughs> understand what's cool, going yeah, on. Yeah, me too. Yeah. But, 
Yeah, um, that's why I was. I always tell people I was more lax on FF8's story because I didn't understand half of it. I was probably an idiot. Um, <laughs> right. Same. Uh, yeah, that's that's a bummer of a story, but interesting, I guess, like to have that sort of a psychological effect. So you always kind of, kind of go back to that that time. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, and, and that's actually reminiscent of some of our our stories we're going to get to from our listeners as well. What about you, Josh? I mean, that's a pretty heartfelt story right there. Um, all over the gauntlet here. Um, silly, heartfelt, completely off topic. You mm-hmm. got to round it up, Josh. Um, I mean, I mean, really, WoW is the biggest one for me as far as games that I just, I really can't think of without just going back to where I was when I started playing, playing it. Um, That's true. I I don't don't want to hit on that over and over again. Yeah. So. That's but, tough. But that's like, tough. That's, that's like that. That is that is the big one. Um, yeah. As far as you know, just seeing a game and being brought back to just a place like that. Um, does that does that still even happen today when you play WoW? Does it still kind of take you back, or has it changed so much that you don't feel well, that? There, are, I mean, there are different stories, but yeah, but yeah, yeah. Um, Definitely. Do you think if they, when they re-release Classic WoW, if you tried to play it, do you think it would be like kind of a mind fuck for you a little bit? Um, I'm, I don't know. I'm not as excited about Classic WoW as I know a lot of people have been. It's kind of people have been asking for that for, you know, ever since the first expansion. Um, but that's not really been something I've felt the need to go back to, <laughs> like, um kind of enjoyed growing with the game and don't really need you know to completely go back there at this point um so yeah that's that's not i mean at least for me that's not really something that i'm super looking forward to um yeah that makes sense to me so Hey, Fish abandoned me. That's the first time Fish ever abandoned me is we played World of Warcraft together, and I don't want to go back to that place either. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the other... the other I'll mention this since I talked about it when Fish was telling his story. Um, right after we, I moved down to uh, Biloxi, and we were hanging out. One of my friends from uh, from the base I was at before came down to visit, and we were all playing games together. And we decided to play Halo together. and he didn't have an Xbox. Um, and yeah, we, uh, we're not good sports about teaching Alonzo how to play Halo with us. Um, oh, okay. At wow, all. Wow. That's, yeah. So, yeah. That's, that's, that's a yeah. blast in the past. Mm-hmm. He showed up looking forward to play games with us and finished like every round with like negative 15 points because like the original one it showed your score differential it didn't just show you points so it was even worse so yeah 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 that's uh well that's you know that's weird because especially when it, <laughs> that's almost like the backhand uh situation with fish you know the um the weird thing about a lot of games like wow when you think about what people want it's like do they i wonder sometimes like you think they want it but 
But do they? But that's a topic for another day. Mm-hmm. But how strong that is when it can bring you back to a place like that, Josh, or Shay, or next time maybe Fish touches Soul Caliber, um, he just sees my back, and it's, just, it's like a haunting visage in the night. Um, and th- and that's that's they have that power, uh, and that's yeah. that's. But a lot of times we're using them to heal, though, which is interesting, right? I think the most interesting, like. I guess philosophical touch to this conversation as before I get to reading these is all, a lot of these games are used to help us or heal us to some degree and yet when we go back to them we can often be reminded of the dark point and maybe less of like for less of the good point which is interesting like I didn't really go into any of my examples like that but I'm sure there's a lot of games that help me get through something but if I went back to them I might just be reminded of the bad thing mm-hmm. you know what I mean so yeah I mean that that's kind of why I was what I was trying to get at there with with WoW. Like it keeps changing, so every time you go back to it, you're not experiencing the same thing. Like you, you know, same friends are there, same basic premise. You know, stories continuing and whatnot. But enough has changed that it doesn't feel like you're, you know, just completely reliving all those experiences as is. Which which is why. You know, the classic wow does not really do anything for me. Um, so, yeah, that makes sense. That actually makes a lot of sense. Um, just sort of treading that line. And our listeners were pretty, I was surprised. We had a lot of incredible comments that I'll, I'll pick some of our favorites here um, just because I can't, I wouldn't have time to read them all. And, you know, Shay was jumping in there with his Instagram account. Uh, at Professor Layton, he was kind of talking to people, which is, uh, you know, we like to get in there and just kind of converse with people as well. Um, and so some of the, I'm going to kind of just grab some of the more heartfelt ones I can, and I'll try to keep this. Um, if you guys want to respond to them, feel free. Um, and I will, you know, try to be as respectful as I can to these people's comments if they are like tough stories. Um, Biggie815 said, The Last of Us is probably the game that brought out the most genuine emotion me when it emotion in me when it came out in 2013 i was fairly new father and still accustomed to being one in the opening moments of that game i was brought to tears in front of my wife and a group of friends who had invited me over to uh watch me start playing the game or who i and i had invited over to watch playing the game sorry about that so he had a bunch of friends over but he got really emotional and he was a wreck after dealing with that scenario because um, if you haven't played the beginning of the last of us spoilers there's a death at the beginning of that game, that is uh, pretty rough. So that brings him back to you know he just became a father and it became that's 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 uh, that's an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Johnny on the spot said, "Growing up, I was very close to my father, and we used to play Halo Two on the original Xbox together every Friday night when he got off work. My parents got divorced when I was around thirteen. When I played Halo 2 Anniversary as an adult, it definitely got, I got emotional playing it, which is kind of what Shay, you know, on divorce. Yeah, yeah. Part of that, too, really is kind of, if if I'm assuming correctly, um, that's part of what my dad and I did a lot when my parents were married. Um, when When I was growing up, one of the things my dad and I would do is sit in the living room uh, on, at the base housing that we lived at, and we would just sit down and we'd play video games, or I'd watch him play video games, and it was just kind of a thing that we did. I mean, we did other things too. We went mountain bike riding, we went rock climbing, and stuff like that. But 
video games was one of those big things that kind of tied my father and I together. And I've kind of talked about that in the past. And so when you play a game that kind of reminds you of that period, it, it reminds you kind of like that closeness and familiarity that you had and kind of like that level of innocence that you had before everything went down. And so it can be difficult returning to those points of your life, uh, even if it's like, I don't know what you would call it, but like you're, you're just like returning, you're returning to somewhere that you thought you would never go back to again. Like maybe it's like, like Morgan, you've kind of used this metaphor in the past with Crash Bandicoot, but it's like you return to an old house that you thought you would never see again. Um, and you go in, like you go back to that house and it's like all these uh, floods of memories just come back to you and you're like, Oh my God, I forgot about all this. And you, you like all this emotion is evoked within you and all of your senses kind of revert back to like what, what it was like during that time. Like you remember the smells or you remember the sounds in the background or you remember every, like you remember everything that was going on and like, everything that was stimulated within like within your sensory input during that time. And it's just, it's an interesting walk down memory lane because sometimes it's more vivid than anything else you can possibly remember. And that's kind of the power yeah, of video games. And that's you, the power yeah. of memory and power of our brains in general. So sometimes that's just like the hardest thing is remembering those type of memories that are associated with video games. It is, even if they're not necessarily bad, like you're saying, if it takes you to a place, like I was telling you guys, I was joking with you when I played Sonic, or even sometimes even when I pick up like Legos and stuff, I go back to a place when I was like so young and innocent that it makes me uncomfortable and I don't like it. Like I, it like I freaked me out when I when I got that Sega and I was playing Sonic and I was like holding the controller and I was like this controller feels like a toy. It doesn't feel like a real controller. And I was hearing the sounds come out of my TV and I'm playing Sonic Two again and popping the cartridge in there. And I'm like, oh my god, I'm like eight years old again. I. I, so I don't want to feel like that. I had never, I wasn't even, you know, like I like, I, it felt like a regression, a scary almost. But mm -hmm. yeah, it's hard to explain. But yes, yes, I agree with what you're saying. Say it takes you to places, nostalgia. It's a, it's like a weird whiff of things, but um, be careful where it takes you because it's. For sure. The, For sure. the science it's, of that is weird. It's fascinating. Like um, I still have the, the original Fable soundtrack on my iPod. Um, and. If I hear certain songs off that, it reminds me of the first few times I played that game. When I was younger, I used to mm -hmm. play that game a lot. Um, I love that game. And, you know, uh, having played it recently, that, that anniversary remake kind of, in a way, ruined the memory for me. Because that anniversary remake had so many bugs and glitches that it really mm. pissed me off. And it almost, like any positive memory that I had with that game kind of got overshadowed by wow this remake was just fucking dog shit so <laughs> you're That's absolutely you. right they like, can shit on this memory. You got, you're absolutely right you gotta be kind of careful and cognizant of those memories and where they take you because I was like oh man I played this game like four or five times all the way through when I was younger I absolutely loved this game and when they re when they did that anniversary remake, I was like, oh, well, shit, I got to get on board with this because this game was so fucking good, and I have such powerful memories of it from when I was younger, and then playing through it again just really put a bad taste in my mouth. 
So it's it's it can be a dangerous thing sometimes for sure. But like like I said, when I listen to that music, when when I listen to that music, it brings me back to a time in my like teenage years when I used to play that game a ton. So yeah, agreed. Agreed. Um, the Grizzled Vet six, said Superman 64. I was a huge... Super, well, this is surprising because I thought that was considered a terrible game. I'm going to see where this comment goes. Um, I was a huge Superman fan growing up, and when I when this game released in 1999, I was 13 years old and peaking with my Superman fandom. I saved up my allowance for weeks to be able to purchase the thin-priced $60 game. I unwrapped it in the car on the way home, reading the instruction book feverishly. Uh, and I immediately popped it in when I got home. My excitement was squashed after the first five minutes of booting it up. I was so angry. Um, to this day, it still hurts to even talk about the game. So I'm going to give this person the, the comical credit of saying that his he's associating Superman 64 with a bad memory because the game is so bad that it, just, <laughs> it gave him a bad memory. That's almost like what Fish had. That's what happened to Fish. Uh, he, he was given a bad memory by me. And he will forever remember it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, exactly. is the game so bad that it creates its own bad memory and then reminds you of it? <laughs> <laughs> That's a double whammy. Um, I'd like to think that any girl that has sex with me again is taken right back to the horrible memories of having sex with me. Uh, Galaxy.cat said Tetris, but only if I'm playing an old so- on an old cell phone. Which is weird. So many fights and breakups with a toxic boyfriend and I would deal with it by playing Tetris in high school. She mm-hmm. says, high school was fucking weird, dude. Which is kind of funny. That, you know, she remembers just playing Tetris on her little phone. Um, huh. Interesting. Yeah. I know. We definitely got... How many times did, you know, Fish shove his head into Final Fantasy Brave Exvius when he was feeling down, you know? Or good. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, Mostly dead. Just dead inside. Mostly dead. It's weird. Every game takes Fish back to being dead inside because he's always been dead inside. It's weird. It's like he can't play anything anymore. Um... Omiwan. This is a good... Omiwan. Oh, my my man Omiwan said Final Fantasy VIII. My girlfriend and I went through a breakup. I didn't pay this guy to say this. He said, uh, my girlfriend and I went through a breakup and neither of us wanted to because she had to go back to her home country. Never dated anyone that had to leave to another country. That's an interesting thing. We never saw each other again and I still can't hear eyes on me without tugging at my heartstrings. Great topic, by the way. Thank you. Um, that would be weird because your, your relationship is only really ending because of distance, but you know it can't really continue on. That's got to be frustrating. Um, let's see. Uh, Noah Wen said the first Halo game was very catharsis for him. Ralph is fat. That's his name. Said <laughs> I couldn't play the first Destiny anymore because I had a falling out with a best friend. She and I used to just mess around in the tower on Earth, which was like the lobby, and take screenshots with each other. Uh, with each um, <laughs> with each other. When it was time to do missions, I always had her back because she wasn't good in the first-person shooter genre. Um. But we were there for each other symbolically. So uh, he had a really good... He had to uninstall the game because uh, he had a falling out with a friend. Um, that's that's fucking rough right there. Huh. So that's a rough one. All these are a bummer. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to bum everyone out. But <laughs> that makes me wonder if that's why Fish... If that's why Fish kind of quit playing Destiny is because the Pizza Bros broke up. 
And so oh, he got sad and depressed. Right. Mm-hmm. I was never. They a pizza weren't popping so. Vex skulls anymore, and so he got <laughs> depressed and uh, decided to call it quits. Whatever happened yep. to the Pizza Bros? Do you still keep in touch with the Pizza Bros at all? Oh, <clears throat> uh, no. I don't. Mm. That relationship sounds like it was founded on uh, popsing, popping Vex skulls and nothing yeah. substantial. <laughs> Popsin. <laughs> Popsin, Pop- indeed. Popsin. Yeah, God damn it. Um, <laughs> the underscore arch druid said, This question really got me thinking. There are so many but I associate so many games with nostalgia, and oftentimes that can leave me feeling forlorn, which is exactly what we were just talking about. I'd say Fallout 3. It was my escape into my world, uh, the uh, Fallout, as my family went through crazy uh, addiction problems, which is pretty rough. Um, again, escapism that brings you back to a place even though it helped you. My boo-woo said my dad passed away a few years ago. It was sudden and abrupt, and I took it very hard. Persona 5 carried me through those months of the darkest moments. The bonds you forge with people resonated with me, and I will never forget that. So, like, the bonds of, um, you know, in Persona, that the relationships you're building with people really hit home for him. Um, that legacy, so that's interesting thematically too. If and not just the time and place, if the themes of a game can like overlay on there and just strike a whole nother chord with you, that's got to be like if you're going through a divorce and like the game is also about divorce that you're throwing yourself into. That's mm-hmm. got to be like a really you know powerful thing. Or like you lost a child. God, heaven forbid. I always think about, like, I don't even know how I'd process living if I lost my child. And then there's something like um, The Last of Us at the beginning of that game and, and other things that, like, I can't even watch movies where there's something happens to a child. It's just too, it's just too rough for me. The Road is a big one of those. Like, I remember watching that movie um, shortly after it came out. And my little brothers, like, I was essentially, like, I was living with my family during that time. Um, I was going to college. This is before I moved to my college town. And I so I was kind of essentially like this third parent to them at at times, it felt like. And watching them grow up and, and stuff, obviously they were and they are a very, very important part of my life. And when that movie came out, when I watched it and the bad shit happens in that movie, the whole time that stuff is happening to the kid and his father... I was just thinking of my little brother the whole time, and I was like, fuck this, you know? Like, I, I just imagine that being my little brother and, like, being in that situation. And it's kind of the same with Heavy Rain, too. As or as well, not Heavy Rain 2, but Heavy Rain as well. Um, you know, I just imagine my little brothers. And I couldn't imagine ever going through that, especially with, a, with yeah. a, my own child. I would imagine if you lost, if you had a similar situation, I imagine that if you started playing something like Heavy Rain, you'd have to stop. I imagine that you wouldn't even be able to just, you know, that's that's what I would imagine, that the emotions would just be too strong. Um, Okay, we'll just do uh, three more quick ones here, and then we can move on. Um, Rhino429 said, when I was in high school, I didn't have any friends, so when I got on a game called Second Life, and it consumed me, it made me feel better when I... Um, interacted with people because I couldn't really interact with them in my real life because of my social anxiety. Um, oh, Fish, you'll feel better about this. Uh, Akalamur didn't understand the question either. They said Donkey Kong Country 64 makes me want to hurl my controller out the window. So, <laughs> <laughs> not exactly I what we were talking like about, that. but 
<laughs> but thank you for uh, Donkey Kong Country makes well, fish. Technically, that's technically a traumatic memory. Oh yeah, he broke his window apparently by throwing the controller, and his parents yelled at him. It was a whole fucking thing, I'm sure. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that actually reminds me of a story. I was sorry, I have a lot of stories with this. I remember one time I was playing this game called Too Extreme. It was a PS1 game. Um, I don't know if anyone remembers Too Extreme. Basically, it's like you do racing with four different extreme sports. So it's mountain biking, it's skateboarding, it's inline skating, and it's snowboarding. Basically, you go on these different tracks, trying to go under these arches, gather points, do sick jumps where you do sick tricks. Um, it's a very 90s music. Everyone's named very 90s. Everyone looks very 90s. I remember one time I'm doing this race, and I'm sitting in front of my mother's like really expensive curio cabinet that the TV's sitting in that she bought. And like all the doors like have glass windows. I'm I'm fucking losing this race and I'm about to win. And I'm I'm super angry because I've been losing. And then some guy just out of nowhere just comes out and beats me and gets first place. And I got mad. I was like, God damn it! And I threw the PS the quarter PS1 controller in the ground. It bounced off the ground and went right through one of her glass windows on the curio cabinet and just shattered it. And I was like oh fuck and my mom's like what was that and i was like uh, i broke your your door and she lost her shit man holy fuck yeah i remember i remember that and then her her boyfriend at the time ended up getting it fixed and uh it blew over but fuck do i remember that time that was a terrible terrible time yeah well, so thank you, Aquamur, for reminding Shay of that terrible time. Appreciate it. Um, that's, uh, that, that is, that's like, okay, last two. Tony underscore S said, so my, that's a rough one. So my dad died from cancer when I was in my early 20s, and we had kind of a rough relationship. Both stubborn assholes and feelings we didn't really do well. So when I played God of War, I assuming the more recent one, it really pulled on my heartstrings, and it really tore open these feelings I haven't thought about for years. So they didn't really talk about whether it was a bad or a good thing, just that the game took them to that place and made them feel. So That's, that's fair. I actually have another story about this. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, just lightening the mood with laughter. Uh, last one. Um... Actually, wait, there's two. This one's really short. B. Kim said underscore, uh, B. Kim underscore said, nice topic. Halo 2 and 3 in a while got me through some rough deployments and deployment cycles. So they remind him of when he was deployed mm-hmm. in the service. Um, they helped him get through it, but I'm sure it probably reminds him of being stranded out there, probably frustrated. <clears throat> uh, and the last guardian, uh, Shay commented on this one. The underscore last underscore Arcadian said, the new Spider-Man game, I guess, weird, oddly topical. My girlfriend and I split the night of its release, and I played it constantly to get me through and take my mind off of it. Um, So I wonder if down the road, when the last Arcadian goes back to play Spider-Man, what those associations will feel like. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. It'll be like a little time capsule. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I would to put a, hap, uh, a positive bookend on this topic as we move on, I would say, and a thank you for everyone, every Thursday at Sword Chomp Instagram, we're going to have a topic of the week. And this was kind of a deeper one. And if you were open enough to share with us, 
<clears throat> Thank you. I, mean, I put it in the comments that we might read your comment on the show so there'll be no surprises. And I appreciate everyone who was open with us enough to do that because I think that's really cool. One of the few shows we're getting really deep. And what I would say is just remember, even sometimes when those nostalgia and those feelings are tough, and a lot of times you don't really know what you're getting into or if you want to feel those things because nostalgia or memories can be so powerful. Eventually, you'll get to be like fish where you're just dead inside and you just want to feel anything at all. So... You just appreciate the feelings that you can get. Anything at all, really. Isn't that right? So that'll be the new ga- the next episode of Gas That's Station right. Philosophy 101. Fish and I were actually <laughs> discussing this last night. I think we have our topic. <laughs> Apathy or backed up? A deeper look into masturbation. Apathy or backed up? <laughs> <laughs> what? What? I don't even... But I don't know how to process that. But I do know that that podcast is going to be taking the world by storm. Someday. When we actually do it? <laughs> 2023. It's coming. You um, know what? That'll, that'll be our new $10 Patreon tier is that podcast. <laughs> yeah. Gas Station Philosophy 101. Uh, make it more. We, um, and remember, that was another one we had, Shay. Existence is beautiful if you just let it be. Life is not a question. There does not need to be an answer. That's right. Gas station philosophy topic. Um, so anyways, thanks everybody for sharing. We're going to, me and Josh are going to get to some more um, uplifting conversation here with Spidey Man. Um, but I wanted to say briefly that if you'd like to support us, if you're new to the show or you just like what we do, um, we have a Patreon page, Swordchomp slash Patreon. Um, and if you, get, if you pledge to our $5 tier, you get access to a very secretive, exclusive VIP Instagram page, and it's a lot of fun. This week alone, I'll have you know we got up a lot of cool stuff, like Fish going to war with Cubone, some behind-the-scenes stuff with me preparing for the show, the origin of the micro-penis joke that I've been giving Fish a break on lately, um, some top-secret pictures from our childhood, Josh showing us some really hilarious commentary from this hospital game that he's been all about. It's all about that honey. Um, some early sketches from Sword Chomp. There's even a Where's Waldo in there. And we did a shout-out. A shout-out this week, uh, as I mentioned every week on the show, was to our friend Michelle. Um, she goes by Pepper Co. Cupcakes. She Basically, she has a cupcake company. Um, but Michelle has been one of our supporters from the very beginning, and she is almost never mentioned, misses a Twitch stream. Um, so thank you for all your support, Michelle. You are the VIP Spotlight of the Week. We love you. And if you, like I said, you'll catch up months and months of top secret behind the scenes videos, clips, footage. It's just a fascinating, cool, exclusive club to be a part of. Patreon.com slash swordchomp. Look for that $5 tier. If you pledge, we will love you forever. Um, you can just DM me on Instagram, but more than likely we see you when you pledge and we get you in there. And uh, your pledges mean the world to us. Um... But yeah, about that Spidey Man, Josh. Do do do. Come on. Do 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 do. Why does everyone know that song? Why does everyone know the fucking Spider Man song? It's pretty great. It's amazing. Oh, I get it. I get. It. I see what you did there. It's amazing. Ah, oh. you That's got it. Accidental. Hmm. <laughs> That's oh. probably accidental brilliance. Um. Well, where to start here? So I'm excited for Fish and Shay to 
have to listen to me and Josh blab on about Spider-Man for a while, but it's pretty interesting because this is Shay was telling me that in Japan you can't even find a copy of Spider-Man anywhere right now, which is pretty hmm. fascinating. Um, even in Japan, man, they can't get enough of their Spider-Man. Uh, it is. I was. I saw an article, Josh. I posted it on our page. It is the best-selling game, or the fastest-selling game of the year so far, um, which I guess should be no surprise because Marvel. That sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, and it was highly, you know, touted for a long time. Insomniac, they made it at Sunset Overdrive. It seemed like a match made in heaven because sort of the style of games that they're making uh, have made in the past. And then Spider-Man, which is a game about movement, crawling on buildings and stuff like that. It seemed like maybe it'd be a natural fit for them. The only company I think that might be a better fit would be like Sucker Punch, who made like Sly Cooper or something like that. Um, <laughs> which for a while I thought Insomniac was Sucker Punch. But anyways, this is a long-winded way of saying this game has been selling like crazy and everyone's all about it and we got some thoughts Mm -hmm. so um josh what's your relationship really briefly as you lead into your thoughts with like spider-man i think it's important because a lot of people that are going on about this game seem to be pretty hardcore like there's people buying these red spider-man playstation 4s and stuff what's your relationship to the spider-man universe and uh you can go from there um i've always liked spider-man but i've not really read a ton of spider-man comics it's not really been my thing uh but yeah do you have a comic character that is your thing uh don't have to go into it just not as such not not any of the big ones like i okay like i enjoy comics but i usually don't keep up with like you know batman superman you know x-men type None of the big ones. Like, I'm always more interested in kind of what else is going on in that space than just the main... The, the fringes. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. fringes of the universe? It's always, always a little more... I mean, kind of same the with the games. Like, I'm just gen- generally more interested in the indie experiences just because you get a little more creativity going on there sometimes. Not, not, not strictly. I mean a lot of the popular stuff is popular for a reason but mm-hmm. it's it's more easily digestible by yeah. large groups of people yes agreed okay so um so you picked up spider-man you bought it like you said you don't buy games often but you got sucked into it you're trading some stuff in said fuck it i'll just buy the damn thing yeah 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 i've been uh i always i just download stuff at this point like it's just it's not worth having a copy of a game anymore usually but uh yeah like like you mentioned i was trading some stuff in just to clear some space and ended up ended up just getting a physical copy of it just to make things easier uh and in case you hated it you could always trade it back in, well, in you case gotta... i hated it yes i could always <laughs> trade it back in I'm kind of like you because I rented it because I didn't know how I was going to feel about it. I knew I wasn't going to cream over it, but I was fascinated. Now, you get a pretty interesting observation before the show. We were talking about, like, the some people are called, like, a Batman clone, and you were telling me how there was, like, mm-hmm. a major difference with, like, the between the two games combat-wise with the role or the evade, I guess. Yeah, well, it's, it's as far as that goes, it basically is, it, like, it it's 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 about the same game as Arkham Knight as far as... Like, let's make an open-world superhero game. Like, I feel like they kind of cracked the code as far as more or less what the world should feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they've mostly stuck to that. Um, 
but they've changed up the way the combat works a lot in this game in order to try to make it feel more like you're playing as Spider-Man instead of, you know, just exactly the same game as Batman, but just with a reskin. Yeah, um, yeah, thank God. And I feel like it makes the game harder for people who have played Batman because you come in, you come into the game with expectations that do not work with this game in a lot of situations. Um, <laughs> that'll just get you yeah. in trouble. Thinking you know trying more to than f- you do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that muscle memory. Mm-hmm. Trying to dodge all over the... Yeah, you're telling me that there's no iframes when you dodge, so like when you're dodging in Spider-Man, you can actually get like your ass kicked still, um, yes. while in Batman, yeah, yeah, you can just yeah. pretty much spam, spam roll, I yeah. guess. Yeah, like in, in Batman, you can just roll around all over the place, and it'll just kind of smart roll you around out of the way <laughs> of stuff, and you don't really have to pay attention to it that much. Whereas in Spider-Man, there's basically no reason to ever hit that roll button unless you're attempting to do, like, a perfect dodge. Uh, it's, it's just going to get you into trouble. Um, well, so the interesting thing I think about the combat, Josh, like, I so I want to focus on a lot of the good stuff, at least for me first, and we can go from there. So the combat's pretty pretty exciting because it really emphasizes like you said what it means to be spider-man there's some cool there's some interesting stuff for example mm-hmm. cool touches like if a guy's shooting a rocket at you i have this ability now where i can hold l1 and r1 and i can literally grab the rocket as it's flying at me out of the sky with my web and throw it back at a dude and that feels great mm-hmm. um the environments one of the coolest things about the game that i was not expecting is because you have because spider-man can grab things with his web from a distance there's so much of the environment is usable to destroy people so um and there's a lot of fluidity to that so you could be punching a guy jump up in the air and you see the l1 and the r1 icon in the distance you push it you could be grabbing like a manhole a piece of a construction site weird things that just show up in certain environments that like a one-time use kind of thing there's so many things in your environment that he can grab with his web and just wreak havoc with that it's a lot of fun mm-hmm. yeah another thing that they don't ever really mention like i've played a pretty big chunk of the game at this point and they never really tell you this um like they briefly tell you one time that just shooting webs at people will web them up against a wall you can also web them yeah. to the floor um spider-man doesn't do a lot of damage and one of the best ways to actually take enemies out is mm. to knock them down or throw them into a wall, and then basically no matter what their health is at, you can then web them to a wall. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Wow. So okay. you can kind of avoid, got my attention. This avoid the. Yeah, it's it's really cool. Like, um, like uh, one of the favorite combos hot. is to knock somebody up into the air, then go up, fall oh. with an aerial combat, slam them into the ground, and then oh. web them to the ground. Which wow, that, that's, yeah. <laughs> Shay's oh. t- taking this full erotic <laughs> on us. Tell me more oh, about how you. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> tell me more but, about how you pinned him to the wall. <laughs> uh, uh, no, that's true. No, I didn't know that specifically, but I did real. It's funny whenever you're done with a battle and you'll see guys pinned in the weirdest locations because wherever they get pinned is wherever they get pinned. So it could be like a side of a building, mm-hmm. um, on the ground, on the like. Yeah. They just get pinned in all sorts of weird. Locations. It's always funny whenever I get into a fight on like a street or something, and then the fight's over. I'm like, oh, uh, you you know, webbed some guy to the hood of just some car that was passing by. Like, oh, sorry, dude, you're gonna have to wait here for the cops now. 
<laughs> yeah, that that shit makes me laugh afterwards. Mm-hmm. And that's it's, but it's it's a lot of fun. I mean, like you said, I don't have as much familiarity with the Batman games. I just played the the chunk of the first one, but um, it feels great. I think the combat they did a good job. Like, there's a lot of abilities you can kind of learn. It's sort of like Horizon. You have a menu screen. You take points when you level up. You put them into stuff. And and for example, if you're sneaking around, one of the cool things he does is that you can sneak over top of somebody, web them up without them seeing you, and then just kind of it's like a stealth kill basically. Um, and then you can get an ability that expands your range on that. So you can, like, shoot your web on the ground and lure a guy over there, like Metal Gear Solid style, where you just knock on, like, a crate. And the guy will just come walking over there, you know, like, oh, what's this weird web on the ground? And then if he's within your range, you just suck him up, hang him, he's done. Um, so, like, they... All that stuff feels great, and, like, it took me a while to kind of get used to all the abilities because, like, there's a there's a lot going on, actually, in the combat for me to remember at any one moment because you can be not just using your environment but the actual punching and kicking combat itself. Like, you can launch people in the air and then grab them with triangle, throw them on the ground. There's just there's a lot going on that you can do, and it's kind of, you know, it can be a little overwhelming at times. Like, you can, you can find yourself sort of leaning on the same stuff over and over again, and I had to try and stop yeah. myself from doing that, you know? Yeah, like... It- the first several fights you can get through just kind of punching people until they, you know, die. But it's not the optimal way to do the combat. And that is that, like you're saying, just figuring out all the different tools you actually have in order to make these fights. Like, it's it's not just switching things up in order to not make yourself bored. Like, it actually makes the fights easier whenever you are using the full full tool set you have yes yeah no it, it, agreed 100 and there's some fun stuff you can do but it just kind of like it's got sort of your typical um l1 like uh skill radial where you can pull out like there's like a web bomb there is like electrical webs there's like a sort of like a you know typical like any other game you pull out like a wheel and you scroll around and you use stuff and those come back the more you battle you get like those refill and there's one that reminded me a lot of fish because it's like um it's like a web bomb that you shoot at someone and then just explodes all this white shit all over their face. Um, that's probably my, my my fiance was watching me play that and she just got a kick out of how disgusting that looks. And the how the idea of that in creation is weird to me. Like he somehow found a way to shoot a web, a glob of web at somebody, and then they it lands on them and then for some reason just explodes. Like I, I don't understand if there's some like why it's doing that or whatnot, but it looks funny as fuck. So. Um, <laughs> the science of Spider-Man is interesting to me. Like nobody, I, so I got really into the Spider-Verse this week, Josh. It's really sad because um, <laughs> I went down the deep hole. I watched all the movies. I did a lot of research, um, and no one really knows for sure what triggers the it coming out of his wrist. They think it's more psychological because you know he shoots. What the, triggers it coming out of his wrist is the machine that shoots it out of his wrist. Yeah, but the control of doing it, it's all done just... Well, doesn't can he shoot it without the stupid thing on his wrist? No. They did in the movies in order to make it a coming-of-age movie where they could make more cum jokes like you have this entire time. Spider-Man made a web shooter since he was, you know... He did. No, that's true. Yeah. That's one thing that's, they were talking about. He did make, but that's the canon on that's a little weird because well, the, every it's pretty fish. set except for like those few movies. Like he's, and it's it's movies. obvious in this one that it's all mechanical. All right. 
All right, well, I can't say I'm versed enough to argue with you about that, Josh, but I was reading some interesting uh, disparities huh? um, in the web shooter science, like why they think, like how we can, you know, like you said, there's not every canon version of him has it come out there. But anyways, that's irrelevant. The point is there's a lot of interesting things about Spider-Man that got me thinking. Like things they don't even ask you, like in the new Spider-Man movie, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, like his friends ask him all these dumb questions, like can you lay eggs and all this stuff? And I was like, that's a weird question. How come nobody ever asked Peter Parker if he can lay eggs? Because when you think of a spider, you think of all those fucking eggs they're laying and all the weird shit that spiders do, right? Um, also in my head, when I think of spiders, I think of a very, cr- like, in my head, Spider-Man is not a happy-go-lucky kind of superhero, because spiders are kind of creepy. They, they, they catch their prey in their webs, a lot of them like, eat each other, you know, like, the spider is a creepy thing, but Spider-Man is a happy villain, he's a, he's always quipping these funny little lines, he's a, he's sort of, um, what's the word, it's like in a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like not not di uh, it's not diametric, right? Where you're like the opposite of something in a, that you're. No one wants to help me with that. No, I Nudge think you actually me? hit it this time. So diametric. That's the word I'm looking for. Oh, okay. Not quite. Like, but you're in the ballpark. So. Yeah. Well, I guess maybe no one else. <laughs> I'm in the ballpark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's like weird because yeah, he uh, he's the opposite of what you'd think a Spider-Man yes. character would be, um, which is interesting. Um, but, like, the science of it, kind of going and all that's been, like, just fascinating to me. Uh, getting into the universe. Diametrically opposed. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Um, but but I speak from someone, like, if you're listening to this and you're a big Spider-Man fan, like, to take fascination in the fact that I don't know a lot about the universe. I saw the movies as a kid, a couple of them. But, like, Spider-Man's never really been my cup of tea. You know, and the red and blue uniform doesn't do a lot for me. But I But this game opened up interest in the universe for me as far as uh, wanting to learn more. Um, yeah. I think it actually does a good job of creating that interest. Um, for example, the the suit you were just talking about, the way you level in this game, um, you just basically just get you know skill points or whatnot. But as you go, you'll unlock uh, new Spider-Man yeah, suits yeah. that are from like all the different eras of Spider-Man. And one of them is probably going to do something for you. It'll make you interested to go find out where the heck this thing is from. Yeah, like if you really hate the classic Spider-Man suit, there's like all sorts of weird Spider-Man costumes. Um, but the cool thing about inc- mm-hmm. how they encourage you to unlock those is these suits actually have abilities too, which are pretty f- helpful in-, in leveling up a lot more than I expected, so much so that I kind of hit a wall at the end of the game because I was being lazy and I didn't upgrade any of those. Because So <laughs> here's the weird thing about the game that I'm torn on, Josh. Like, so... A lot of the side missions in the game are pretty standard. Like, there's not too much going on there. Like, you stop a robbery, beat up a couple guys. There's these black cat missions where you just kind of take a picture, and they're all kind of the same. But doing those kind of mundane, busy work missions actually give you these tokens, which are very helpful. Um, And I'm torn on that because the missions themselves were not super interesting, but there was a purpose in doing them that fed back really well into the main game. Um, How'd you feel about those? Um, some of them are better than others. Um, for example, stuff like the uh, landmarks, being able to kind of like, like the first the first two major collectibles you get 
collectibles slash side missions, whatnot, are backpacks that are hidden all over the city and different landmarks that you need to go take pictures of, um, which are both good ways to kind of get you used to the uh, just the movement and the world mm-hmm. you're in, um, which were good. Um, and then as you go, you start getting into the more common, just the same mission over and over again type stuff. And those I thought were much less interesting because um, they weren't just something you just kind of happened across while you were like something like the robberies or the re- like. Is there a specific kind of mission? There's like the what is it? The research missions. There's well, the yeah, like the research missions in in particular are all they always feel a little bit strange because a lot of times the most interesting thing about them is well. I, they're, they're hit or miss. They're hit or miss. A couple of them are fun because they give you interesting objectives, but most of them are just... Swing here. You get them, and then, yeah, go swing here, and then you're done. Um, like, I found one that was pretty pretty fun because it made you look at the map in a different way again. Uh, that uh, basically to break apart some plant cells, you had to create enough g-forces to just do it on your on your own because you didn't have time to go you know find a centrifuge (laughs) and do it properly and so you had to find a building that was tall enough to be able to dive off the top of it and then catch yourself with a web at the last second oh that's cool yeah Um, yeah so just kind of hit or miss i guess yeah would yeah, you say they're miss. less or more? Because someone, I was talking to someone who's really big into both this game and Batman, and they were telling me that they just enjoyed how Arkham Knight utilized like the side villains in the world and the universe better. Is it different? Yeah. Um, well, I don't like. I I hear there's a prison break coming, so I don't know if they get into some of the same stuff later on. But um, but in in Arkham Knight different villains will show up and they'll have like full side quests like with multiple things showing up throughout the entire game like they have different stories going on is it confusing Um, if you don't know who they are because some of the thing i've found with spider-man like i didn't know like for example if you don't know who kingpin is you're just like why am i fighting this fat bald guy and sending him to prison at the beginning of the game don't really explain a lot of that but they're assuming most people that play spider-man know who the fuck kingpin is right like do you ever feel a sense, because you're not huge in Spider-Man or maybe even the Batman, do you ever kind of feel, is it more of like, hey, there's a guy, or do you get a good sense of, how do you compare the two games? Because those are like the pinnacle, right? Arkham Knight and Spider-Man. Um, again, they're iffy. Like, it's just, it's just hit or miss how, the, how they've been handled. Um, in, in Arkham Knight, I didn't know who half the side characters were, mm-hmm. but they did a good enough job explaining it all okay, in, okay. in the different plot things um it wasn't like that's what i mean yeah okay and, okay and you were supposed to just immediately know who they know were who they are i hate that yeah um it drives me crazy i mean there were a couple of those obviously with like the super obvious stuff the like, riddler they're not yeah, gonna explain who the joker is they're not yeah. gonna explain who the riddler is because yeah. if you don't know that you're probably not even beginning the game <laughs> that um, would be sad. i want to meet somebody who doesn't know who the fucking joker is i want to meet somebody who doesn't know the riddler yeah is. um so generally that was handled pretty well in Batman and so I, I, I don't know how they're going to handle that as much in in this game like mm-hmm. really the only the only person that showed up that's had you know continuing side missions so far has been Black Cat 
And the way they handled that story, they, Crap. Yeah. well, it's fine. Like they don't, they they act like you should know who she is, but they don't. There's not really a lot of story there. That's what I'm saying. There's to be nothing. missing out on anyway. There's nothing. Um, well, yeah. That yeah. that's actually my biggest frustration. I think with the game, Josh. But I want to talk about the traversal, which is another positive. It's kind of bad. There's a lot to mm-hmm. talk about here. But like, they got me interested in the universe, right? So I'm looking around. I'm reading up on stuff like all the like sort of his romances or whatever. And he has sort of this weird relationship with Black Cat, and. Um, sort of like this romance kind of thing with her and it's like a tug of war because she's not really moral and he's kind of dealing with all these things with her but she in the game I'm like this is a cool character maybe if I do these missions I'll learn more about her but it's basically just been one silly line of nothing and then I take a picture of something and they've all been exactly the same so I've done Mm. nine of them and I'm not going to do the last three because it doesn't go anywhere you know what I mean and it's like I (sighs) yeah yeah it like I've been I feel like they've handled the main story fine. Like they they kind of they expect you to notice little things here and there, but nothing that's like they're not assuming a ton from you. Yeah. Whereas yeah. in the side missions, I don't feel like there's an awful lot going on there unless you already have prior knowledge in the side missions so far. Yes, yeah. Um I bet the sequel will probably be more interesting because this feels like because they wanted to make the sort of quintessential basic Spider-Man game, it is the most, like, cut-and-dry version of Spider-Man, with the exception of, like, Venom and stuff not being there. Like, it's literally just Kingpin at the beginning, Dr. Octopus, um, Aunt May. Like, it's the most generic form of Spider-Man you could pop probably ask for. Like, it feels like the... No one's... You know what I mean? Probably a good way to explain this. It's, like, the most cut-and-dry generic version of Spider-Man, for better or worse. Um, but it's done earnestly, I think. Um, and that's kind of what pulled me through. Like, the, the story was not super interesting, but, like, they they tried their best to make the, the dialogue earnest. Like, for example, like, probably the most interesting yeah. person in the story is, like, Otto or, like, Dr. Octavius. When you meet mm-hmm. him in, in the game, he's very different than, like, the movie, for example. You just do these very simple missions with him where you go, like, after school to work at his laboratory with him. And it's just sort of, like, these small things you're doing. Like, you're doing a little project to move a hand around and pick up a coffee mug, and it doesn't go well. But you can, you're, like, slowly getting to know him as a character and what they're doing. And I really like that. I like that stuff a lot. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Well, yeah, I, I I don't feel like the focus in this one was kind of like you're saying the villains. Um, the focus really is just Spider-Man. Like, I feel like they could have put basically any villain in here, and it would have been essentially the same sort of game. Um, yeah, which is probably why they went with Kingpin, which. I mean, well, I, I don't even think of him as no so much a Spider-Man villain as just a Marvel Marvel villain. Well, um, and you spend half the game fighting this really. He's a really well fleshed out character, but his actual villain is pretty lame. It's not mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking about uh, Lee Martin Lee. Um, yeah. Like the the actual villain he is in the game. I don't think it's spoilers. Is uh, it was this guy called Mister Negative who's just. He turned. I, I used, I'd never even heard of him before. It's weird that they spent like half the game on him. But um, I'm curious to see what you'll think of Josh because you hit a turning point at the prison, 
and that's actually where the game really started to lose me. I still think it's a, a fantastic game up until that point, but the story started to lose me there, so I'm curious to see what you think when you get there, so we don't have to go into that now. Um, yeah. But I will say... I will say this. If I can quote myself before I... Uh, the traversal, by the way... Let's start here. Let's go here, Josh. Um, I feel really scatterbrained on this because there's so many fucking things that have been rattling around in my head all week. The traversal <laughs> in this game, we were talking about it for months. It's great. Like, I, even when I, yeah. even when I returned the game to the store, I never got sick of flying around the city. Um, yeah. Feels so good. Like, just... Cl- and they do cool stuff with, like... I don't know if you got to that mission yet, Josh, but there's some missions where, like, I was in, like, an elevator shaft, and I had to crawl up, and there was, like, things coming down at me, and they were doing a lot of interest... Whenever they... Like, there's a ch- couple good chase missions, like the one you saw in the E3 demo. When they really utilize, like, movement and momentum and the things that make the game unique in the, in the missions, they're fucking awesome. Um, mm-hmm. And generally, when it's go fly here and beat up a bunch of bad guys on top of a building... Less so, even though the combat is still a lot of fun. Um, but those moments, like that mission they show in E3, have you done that one yet, Josh? Because I don't want to ruin it for you if you have. Where you chase down the helicopter? No. Okay. All right. That's no, I haven't done that one yet. Um, those are those are just really good, really good mission. But yeah, it feels great. Just slinging around in that game feels fucking great. Um, yeah, I'm really playing this game is kind of giving the same feeling that I was, you know, I always got from. Uh, um. Ah, shit! I'm completely blanking now. Mm-hmm. Um, just cause. Oh yeah, just the yeah. Whole, yeah. The whole the grappling just, hook, just <laughs> flying around, yeah. sort of a that 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 same sort of traversal, but obviously even better in this one. Um, just because you're in a city that's tall enough to actually be able to use that a lot. Uh, yeah, it feels really good. It feels really good. It does. And because of that, you'll notice when you get on the ground, it's not like the ground looks bad or anything, but you'll just notice that you'll spend very little time on the ground. You spend, most of their time is spent populating the world like above a couple hundred feet because that's where you spend most of your time, which is kind of an interesting design philosophy. Sometimes I'll just land on the ground and walk around because I'm like, I'm never down here. I just want to kind of see what they did. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I honestly, I think the game is really fantastic. I think the last couple hours where the story goes I I think is pretty bad I'm not afraid to say that but that doesn't necessarily mean that I think the game is objectively bad I think it could be more interesting Josh I'm curious to see what you think about it I I'm really excited to see where the sequel goes you know they shut me down Josh on our on our Instagram page by the way every Tuesday at Swordchump on Instagram you can vote in our polls um, I did a poll basically talking about the villains because I'm like, you know what? I realized after playing this game that Spider-Man has some pretty fucking lame villains compared to Batman, right? So I, and the, 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 some of our um, followers did not like that so much. 70% of our listeners said, no, Spider-Man villains are not lame. Morgan, you are wrong. Go fuck yourself. That's not what they said, but that's what they meant with their click. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, how do you guys feel about that or in particular? Do, like Spider-Man villains, Rhino... Stereo, Electro, uh, Doc, Doc, Puss. You, you guys agree with them? Spider-Man have lame villains, cool villains? Shade of <laughs> They're pretty good. No um, no strong opinion? <laughs> they're pretty good. Um, pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really. I'm not, I'm not a big comic. I'm not a big comic book guy, so I'm not the person to ask. Sorry to interrupt you, Josh. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I feel... I think most of it, I think most of it's just exposure. Like, really, there are some 
dumb, dumb villains in Batman too, but they just kind of drop whoa. them and move on. <laughs> like pump them and dump them. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's just mostly just an exposure thing. And why is man at this you? point? My theory, Josh, is that the middle, the top tier in both are pretty damn good. But I feel like the middle tier in Batman is just stronger, and that's why it seems that way. The middle tier in Spider-Man is like the shocker in Rhino. And it's like, eh. But the middle tier in Batman is still pretty good, you know, if you consider like Scarecrow or Killer Croc or any of those guys like mid-tier. Yeah, we, we all know Penguin is a high-quality villain. Well, yeah, Penguin's got to be A-tier. He's got, oh, is that sarcasm, Shay? What? Yeah, yeah, it's sarcasm. Have you ever seen Penguin's a lame ass villain? He's just the bad guy from It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> what about Danny? You're not Come wrong. on, Danny DeVito Penguin from Batman uh, Returns. It's pretty, uh, pretty disturbing. He, the only Danny DeVito I know, the only two Danny DeVitos I know, are the bad boy Danny DeVito from Matilda, and. Danny DeVito in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Those are the only <laughs> two Danny DeVitos I know. You never seen ha. Batman Returns? Uh, yeah. Not, not impressed. Oh, wow. Not impressed. All right. Well... Uh, I will say this, you know, because our listeners spoke up, it got me thinking. I also said, sorry, Spidey, but Batman villains are fire. That's how the kids talk these days, right? Fire. Um, and it came back 75%. Yes, people said Batman has the best fucking villains. Um, I was just curious, and that's kind of a... I wasn't trying to take a cheap shot at Spidey. I mean that in all seriousness. Um, I just think he gets a yeah. little... This is, this is a good point that I have, Josh. There is a shocker, and there is a Electro in Spider-Man. There is a shocker and an Electro, and they are both lame electric dudes. Come on. Come on. <laughs> They're both fucking lame. I don't know. They're not both electric. Pretty much. And okay. you just played the game and somehow... You can tell me the shocker doesn't have to do with shocker electricity? uses shockwaves. You just did like several missions fighting against them. It's the same thing. Yeah. Everyone knows that thunderstorms and earthquakes are the same. Thank you. Electricity, Josh. That's why they're both so loud. It's, it's energy. But, but... But everyone knows that 60% and 60% are two totally different numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Not all six inches are created equal. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just saying. You want to have a shocker and an electro? Come on. And the electro guy has no personality. Although they make fun of the fact that the shocker has no personality in the game, too. He's like, you're just... <laughs> he actually... He calls him out mm-hmm. on that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so those are the big polls, but it got me basically doing a villain poll all week at Sword Chomp just for fun, just because I was bored and I wanted to shake things up. And we have a winner after the whole week of voting. I started with eight of the most popular Spider-Man villains I could find. It was Killer Croc, the Green Goblin, um, Doctor Octopus, Rhino, Venom, Kingpin, Carnage, and Scorpion. And I let people vote. Hash them all out. Boom, 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 boom. I hope you guys are voting. And they came down to the championship today, which pissed me off because the Lizard Man got fucked by Green Goblin. Anybody who thinks the Green Goblin is cooler than Lizard Man, you want drugs. You want drugs. I'm so upset about that. I don't care if you are William Defoe playing fucking Green Goblin. You got fucked. Um, but it came down to the championship today. I'm, I'm oddly passionate about something that I know nothing about. Um, 
story of my life. So the 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 championship today was Venom versus Doctor Octopus and Fish. Who did you vote for? Venom. Because he looks cool, right? Oh my goodness! Of course, he made the wrong yeah. choice. Doctor Octopus is oh. clearly mm-hmm. the better villain. Oh, is he okay? I'm just kidding. Oh yeah. I think so, but you know what, Josh? Our listeners disagreed because mm-hmm. he was obliterated. Obl- yeah. <laughs> obliterated. Well, it's because people know there's a Venom movie coming out. No. And it looks so no. good. It does look It looks okay. so good because they have jokes about turds in the wind. People people love Venom. Jesus people Christ. fucking love Venom. 70 to 28. 72 to 28. He got obliterated. Um, Venom mm-hmm. looks. Come on, Venom doesn't have the coolest story uh, as far as like Doctor Octopus's character development, his backstory. The movie but, looks like hot garbage from the trailers they've shown so far. So, you yeah. Know, you know what, Josh? I'm I'm worried that you're right, but yeah. I don't want you to be right. Um, the turn in the wind thing that you mentioned actually made me uncomfortable when I heard that line in the trailer. I was like, oh, Venom is so hardcore. And he's like, you're going to walk down the street like a turd in the wind. And I was like, no. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Who wrote the dialogue? Like it's a phrase. Like, I feel like uh, the kind of person that's going to laugh at you're a turd in the wind is not someone that I would know or befriend. And uh, that causes me <sighs> stress. Exactly. Tur- are turds exactly. ever funny? Turds are never funny. Now, cheap jokes about Spooge and Spider-Man always funny. Am I right? <laughs> what the hell's going on here? <laughs> I tune out for like 30 seconds. I hear turds and Spooge. <laughs> That's that's how the fight goes. It's just I will I will be curious to see because I'll probably see the movie if they somehow bring the new Spider-Man into the Venom movie. But anyways, the point is congratulations to Venom. He just looks so cool that people don't care about your backstory. And mm-hmm. uh, Doctor Octopus got shafted. He is uh, more interesting. He's an interesting character. He you know what he's doing for the yeah. good of mankind is interesting and how he gets fucked over and the game doesn't handle that as well as I'd like. But for the most part, they do. And he's just an, a sympathetic character, and like, and he's also like kind of going health issues. Like he's kind of going, um, I don't know what they're implying. He has like Alzheimer's or something. I don't, I don't know. I don't want to sound ignorant, but he's having health issues that are getting and in, interfering with his research as well. And mm-hmm. um, I don't remember that being in the movie. The movie version of him in Spider-Man Two is very different. No, they, yeah, they didn't really go into that much at all. He was just kind of bad guy in the uh, in the movie yeah. Spider-Man 2 so which is what's interesting about the those universes for me learning about them like how different them the Spider-Man 2 is still a really damn good movie I watched it recently um, for the most part holds up fantastically but it's yeah, yeah it's, it's still really great they I don't feel like they did as great a job with Doc Ock as they could have and that either mm-hmm. it's like it, it's, it's in the comics, he's a pretty complex character, but there's never enough time to really get that across. Yeah, I see. I'm a weird person, could Josh, because like I would take like three fourths of the movie just being interesting dialogue, and then like one action scene at the end. That's all that I need. <laughs> That's and I would be happy. You know what I mean? I don't need him to transform in the first hour of the movie. But I know that I'm in the minority, and I can't speak for 
anyone but myself. But congratulations to Venom. And I will say this finally, Josh, before the last poll, and we kind of wrap up the show here. Um, so what is your final your takeaway, Josh? Well, you can continue to talk about it in the coming weeks briefly. I want to give everybody a jam-packed Spider-Man show, but how are you feeling about the game overall? Do you think you're going to keep it, or do you just have to kind of see how the, it plays out? Or We'll see how it plays out. I think so, so far. The combat's really good. The traversal is amazing. Um, the voice acting is great. Mm-hmm. They're using voice like, acting the is same really voice good. actors from yeah. the cartoon and stuff. Visuals? The visuals are yeah. fantastic. Looks gorgeous. Is, it's, it's odd. Like, the visuals are great. Like, the modeling is great. Uh, the facial animation yeah, leaves a lot yeah. to be desired <laughs> when does, you're in a conversation. Yeah. They do, you're yeah. like, okay, put the mask back on <laughs> so I don't notice it. Sometimes it looks okay, like... Pete, <laughs> let's, uh, let's, let's maybe, maybe put a mask on, dude. Um, well, I, I noticed but, that today playing Tomb Raider 2, Josh, that the facial animation in this game is... Yeah. It's got a ways to go, but <laughs> mostly great. Yeah, yeah, it was strange. Like, it's distractingly bad because the modeling is so good like the yeah, game looks yeah. gorgeous it's that's like, what it is yeah yeah it's like some of the faces look photorealistic and then it's just like just this you know waxy remind- looking yeah you know what it reminded me of someone's wearing a they're, it's like Doc Octopus is wearing a Halloween costume mask of Dr. Mm-hmm. Octopus but just stiff yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah just really stiff Which it, is- it looks real but it's just not just moving not moving right. the right way yeah and that's too bad because the generally gorgeous. So yeah, I mean, and that, that's the animations in general are amazing. Like just like yes, combat the, and stuff. the combat and stuff. All the it's it's generally well animated. It's just like the dialogue. They didn't mm-hmm. really put a ton of effort into animating. You know, all of that because that would have been a ton of extra effort for something that most people don't give a crap about. So. Yeah, I agree, 100%. And look, if someone thinks I'm being a little too harsh on the game, I would say this. The game has opened me up to the Spider-Man universe. That's the highest compliment I can say. And I think it actually is a fantastic game until, like, the last two hours after the prison section, which we can talk about later, Josh, if you disagree with me. But the thing it left me frustrated with, Josh, ironically, and I posted about this on my private Instagram today, is that it got me interested in the Spider-Man universe, and then I learned about the universe, and I got frustrated that those elements were not portrayed better in the game. Um... Mm. In more interesting ways, like the character Black Cat, for example. When I learned about their relationship, I thought it was super fascinating. And then the game is just relegated to silly side missions or what have you. You know, that's just a small example of where I think the sequel could improve. And I know a lot of people were messaging me that they really disagreed with me. And look, if you're a hardcore Spider-Man fan, you're probably a Spider-Man apologist. If you bought a PS4, the red PS4, I'm happy for you because you're probably in heaven right now, but you're probably also a Spider-Man apologist. And look, I'm an apologist sometimes too. I'm a No Man's Sky apologist. I get it. I know what it's like. But I'm just telling you as an outsider that I'm interested in that world, and I think that it could be a lot more interesting um, from fleshing out the side quest to the characters to there's a lot more they could do. Relationships. What if I, like, in the, in, in the last thing I'll say, and I don't want to ramble on too much. Think about this, Josh. What are the biggest uh... things that he struggles with in the fiction is juggling his life whether it's a relationship or an obligation with someone and his duties right but in the game it's pretty much always well I got something to do I'm gonna go do it I didn't feel like he had to like the struggle with Spider-Man is the moral quandary of I want to live a life but I feel an obligation these responsibilities and I wish they could push that more I've kind of felt 
that happened a lot during the main story. Like, you'd be off doing something in the open world, and you'd get a call about a break-in or something huge is important. You've got to be there on time. And there was never a time limit. And it felt really awkward. Like, I generally, whenever, just just to not completely take myself out of the experience, if mm-hmm. something hugely important happens that, you know, oh, a crime, I have to go stop this crime, even though it's main story, let's, I'll, I'll generally go do that sort of thing right away. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Oh, and, like, did, yeah, yeah it, but, but there were quite a few times when this happened where... Like, you get the new mission, and it's completely across the map, because that's that's one of the things that I like about the game, but there's also kind of an issue near the beginning, is that you can go anywhere on the map immediately. Mm. Um, and so I went to the far end of the map just just to see what I could see, then got a quest. Josh moved. You know, main, main storyline quest. There's been a break-in, and it's at the far end of the city, back where I started from. And... Of course, there's tons of stuff on the map between where I was and getting all the way back to that thing. Mm -hmm. And I completely forgot about the main mission. So I got there like, you know, two hours later and I'd forgotten what the heck was even happening going on. And I'm like, show up at this yellow marker. Like, okay, main storyline again. Oh, oh, there was a break in this whole time. I guess maybe I should have showed up a little earlier. Um, And I kind of feel like they could have incorporated some of that stuff. Like... Oh I yeah, mean, yeah, granted, like a level granted, of yeah, would have yeah. they, they would have had to People add so many that. more branching paths yeah. and stuff like that that uh, but, it, it's but not games... feasible. But that sort of feeling, yeah. of yes. like a time pressure, I think would have been a nice, nice sort of an addition. That's what he deals with. I mean, like, did you do the dinner scene with Mary Jane yet? Mm-hmm. Where you go to a part? like that scene in particular yeah. drove me At crazy. The beginning because... of the game, where you know the Stan Lee cameo is because they can't expect gamers to actually get anywhere <laughs> past the second mission in a video game. They got to put the cameo well, in the beginning. It just makes me, it just makes me laugh when you go to have dinner with Mary J and he's trying to, you know, repair the relationship. And then he just like leaves 20 minutes into it. I'm just like, no, like, no, just fucking like, this is, they just need, there's a lot they could do there. And I could have a deep philosophical conversation with you about Spider-Man if you want to have it. Um, but maybe for another day. Because there's mm-hmm. there's there's ways that they could make this game really incredible. As it is, I still think it's damn good. Um, I w- and I will yeah. say this: a lot of people have been messaging me. If you don't like Spider Man or you don't know about Spider Man, but you're sick of hearing people talk about it and you're curious, I would say this: S- rent it. It's at Redbox or get a rental. Try it out first. Um, or if if it dropped to like twenty dollars, I'd be comfortable recommending it to anybody. But at full price. I, I wouldn't tell Fish to go out and buy it or Shay. I wouldn't be like, Fish. But if it was 20 bucks and Shay was like, hey, I saw Spider-Man on sale on PSN for 20 bucks. You think it's worth it? I'd be like, fuck yeah. But if you're not a big fan of the fiction, you got to try it first. Yeah. That's my yeah, stance. I, I mean, it's still, it doesn't feel new enough to really feel like it's something that you just absolutely have to play. It's It's an amazing game, but... It doesn't feel really particularly new. Yeah. So. And I say that as someone that's now interested in the Spider-Man universe. So maybe it's done its job. It's weird that a flaw, you know, it's flawed, but it did its job. And now I want more. I want better. <laughs> ah. um, but maybe we'll talk about it a little bit more down the road. Because I see Fish and Shay are probably just like, all right, enough fucking Spider-Man. 
what the people want. They want Spider-Man. Okay, so just kind of a, we didn't. I think we ran through all the polls. Um, the only one I didn't talk about was the King's Vomler poll, which we already talked about last week. But if you guys have thoughts on that, that's fine because I know I've been rambling on. But basically, our listeners, about 65% of them said, yeah, I'm surprised, surprisingly excited for the Kingdoms of Amalur sequel. So that's pretty cool. And those other 36% of people that said they're not, shame. Shame on you. Shame. Um, and then the Spider-Man villain poll, they sh- told me to suck it. Uh, Batman villains are fire. That came back. Great, and of course, Streets of Rage 4, kind of tepid at 58%, which we talked about, but still enough interest. So, thanks everyone for voting. Um, mm-hmm. I could literally talk about this all day long, but we must carry on. And I've already started playing Tomb Raider, which is crazy. But, Josh, I really want to know what you think. Prison, if you're listening to this podcast and you disagree with me, at swordchomp at gmail.com. Go ahead. We'll have a, a spirited debate on the show if you disagree with my thoughts on Spider-Man or Josh's or whoever. Um, I think the last part of that game is questionable. Um, but let's do a rundown here. I want to thank everyone for listening. I know it was a long in, but a good in. Emotional Stories, one of the biggest games of the year. It's been a fun show. Um, if there's anything I'm forgetting about, you guys can remind me. But as I wind down the show here, I want to say... We have side podcasts. Shay has an interview podcast called Evoking the Sublime. should look for it. It's incredible. I have a podcast called In the Blood. I do interviews as well. I'd like to think it's also pretty incredible. If you're that kind of nerd, you should check those out. And I'm sorry for my cat meowing. Uh, that's, that's how you know the podcast has gone on too long. The cat has entered the room, and now I'm going to close my studio door. Um, uh, of course, I mentioned the Patreon already. Patreon slash Sorechomp. Uh, your Patreon donations mean the world. Tell a friend. Even one person could spread the love. We want to hit 10,000 subscribers before the end of the year. That's like our massive goal. And uh, the community has just been incredible. Um, anything else you guys wanted to mention here? As we kind of wrap it up here, doing the rundown. Anything I forgot? Anything vital? Um, I was going to see if... I think this is more for Morgan because I think, Josh, you pretty much finished it or you said you finished or you finished playing all you were going to play, but I wanted to see if you guys finished Flamberge. I I haven't because Spider-Man absorbed me, but I want to get back into it. I played it a little bit more. Um, okay. But I, yeah. I, I don't want to talk... It's tough for me to talk about without playing a lot more of it because I don't want to discredit the game and I don't feel like I have formed an intelligent opinion. So That's yeah. fair. Okay. No worries. No worries. I, I ended up finishing it this week. Um, it's pretty much the only gaming I got in. I was sick all week, but it's funny. Um, I think I had like one, one or two more battles and I still thought I had a lot more to go actually. Mm. And then, so I, I saved it at a point and I sat down one, one night. I was like, all right, I'm going to finish, I'm going to finish this game up. Uh, like all that's been released so far. And it was basically going into a town to get a ship to sail off. And then that's where the demo, like the, the demo ends pretty much or like the the first half of it ends so i sat down thinking i was gonna have this big night uh, finishing this game i sat down and it was just five minutes of talking and then the game's done i was like all right i'm done with this oh that's great so, 
You know that is. Fish, did you get any gaming well, in? I'm really excited oh, for the rest of it. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm so sorry. Um, but yeah, it seems like that game no, connected good. with you a lot. And the music is still incredible. I actually got in touch with the composer. His name's Ben Cohen. I was talking to him, and the music is fantastic. Also have it, yeah. a very special interview that we still have to edit and get up. I don't wanna, I'm not going to talk about it yet, but it is pretty exciting. Um, and we have some cool stuff in the works there, too. Uh, Fish, did you have a chance to touch anything at all this week besides yourself? Nope. None. Yeah, I've I've been real busy and got a lot of things going on, and yeah, I haven't had much time to play any video games. There. I do want to <laughs> eventually get uh, into the breach on the Switch and play mm. that game, but... Um, well, what's the next on the yeah, docket yeah. for you? If, what's next on your... Is there anything you have in mind over the next month or so, or...? Uh, no, not really. Uh, just into the breach, mainly. Uh, I have... Actually, you know what? I did play a little bit more of uh, Dead Cells um, this week. Probably did about two runs. Um, and, of course, died to that... The, uh, the fridge boss. Mm. <laughs> Which sucks both times. Um... Uh, but yeah, that game's still fun to play, even if you just pick it up for a good fifteen minutes. <clears throat> I want to find yeah, I want to find something fun to play. Are you playing Into the Breach before you come up here for my wedding, or are you just saving it for the trip? Uh, I don't know. Probably before. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's a short. I mean, you're a short trip. Not a lot of lot. Not a lot of trip there. So especially if you fly. So. All right, well, we'll see. You know, Fish's future is always uh, a mystery, even for us. So stay tuned <laughs> to see. <laughs> um, anyways, it's been a fun show. Thanks for checking us out. And we'll be back with the more continuing sagas of the Sword Chomp Live. Thank you, Josh, for being here from Michigan. Fish from Texas. Professor Layton from Japan. And, of course, I'm from Montana. We will see you next week. Fish. This is the biggest show of the year, Dude. god damn it!